That was a pretty long gospel. My brother Jake used to tell me, the longer the gospel, the shorter the homily. I never paid any attention to him, so look out. Every once in a while, polls come out gauging people's level of trust in institutions and leaders. And I think it's very sad that more often than not, it seems like people are losing confidence and trust in institutions and leaders that are supposed to be there to help them and to serve them. And probably a lot of it has to do with the fact that we've over and over again been disappointed by leaders who maybe have no integrity, no honesty, or seem to be more concerned about their welfare than those that have been entrusted to their care. I hope this for all of you. I hope that all of you have people in your life that you can count on, that are truly trustworthy. Uh, there's something safe and wonderful about knowing that the people who are supposed to be with us in our need and helping us and leading us really do care for us, and I hope you have a lot of people like that. I also hope and pray that those of you who have been entrusted with the care of others, maybe as the head of a household, uh, working for people in the parish, maybe in charge of workers at your workplace or teachers in schools, I hope that you take seriously the importance of you being a trustworthy leader and a helper of those placed in your care. It is a gift that everybody needs, and I think we can be part of the solution to the distrust of, pe of leaders if we become people committed to being truly trustworthy leading individuals. In our first reading today from Sirach, you and I are being invited to trust in the ultimate one who is worthy of our trust, namely our God. And Sirach says to trust in God and to follow his commandments is a choice for life. This is what, he, this is what Sirach says. It says if you choose you can keep the commandments, they will save you. If you trust in God, you shall live. A little later it says, before man are life and death, good and evil, whichever he chooses shall be given him. We have a life choice to make. Will we put our full trust in God and will that be evident in the way we live the commandments and the word that God has given us? Do you have absolute trust in God? One time I was doing a religion class with a group of eighth graders, and one young man said to me, the commandments were given to make us miserable. I suppose a lot of us have been through that stage where we're wondering, why all these commandments? Um, however, I would say this. The ones who are really miserable are the ones who don't live the commandments because of the harm that it does to them and often to others. Let me give you a couple of examples. I think some of the hardest funerals I've ever done in my almost 45 years as a priest has been to do funerals for people that have been killed by drunk drivers. A person who drinks and then drives is obviously not following the commands of the Lord. We're supposed to respect our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit and certainly we are, we are to do no harm to others. And even if a drunk driver says most of the time I'm, I, don't, I get home safely or whatever, every time they're on the road, people are in danger. It is no, uh, is it not cause of misery to take others' lives into your hands because of our reckless behavior? 
Choosing to drink and drive is against the commandment of the Lord. That's not a miserable commandment. It's one that's intended to give life. Or maybe some of us know of people, or maybe it's happened in our own households, I hope not, where there's been an infidelity on the part of one of the spouses. So often that leads to the breakup of a marriage, the destruction of a family unit. The Sixth Commandment says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's not an attempt to cause misery. It's an attempt to cause, to give us life. Breaking that commandment and any other commandment does not give life. It often leads to some kind of death, sadly so. I had another example. I can't think of it. I must be getting old. Um, This is one. Okay. Uh, Those of you that go to school or belong to a church, go to work different places, gather with friends, maybe hang out in neighborhoods, you know that gossip is a pretty often done kind of thing. If you've ever been the victim of gossip, you know how hurtful that can be. Malicious gossip can destroy reputations. The fifth commandment says, thou shalt not kill. And as mentioned in the gospel, it means more than just not killing. It means not harming others. Choosing to gossip, which goes against the fifth commandment, is not life-giving. You might think it's fun and salacious, but it's not life-giving. Choosing to not follow the commandments does not give life. And again, the commandments were given us by a God who loves us, who's worthy of our trust, and only wants, us to, wants to lead us to life. And the commandments are our guide, if we but trust the one who gives them to us. You know, before Mass, Patrick was asking about different marriage celebrations going on, uh, anniversaries and stuff. And today, I think you mentioned, might have mentioned that this is World Marriage Day. Usually the Sunday closest to Valentine's Day is observed as World Marriage Day. So it's a day when we honor people who are living faithfully the sacrament of marriage, and we uphold the sanctity of this institution called marriage. I hope and pray that those of you that have been married five years, 10 years, 20 years, almost 70 years, uh, have experienced some of the life and joy that is promised those who live the commandments. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, this is my command. We call it sometimes the great commandment. He said, love one another as I have loved you. And there's no greater love than this than to lay down your life for your friends. I think wedding days are kind of life-giving events. People are filled with joy. But I think the better joy and the better life experienced is when it's been lived faithfully over many years, when people have actively chosen to give their life for their spouse, when they've renewed their promises made on their wedding day every day by the way they live. Uh, you begin to experience a bonding uh, that is beyond what we can imagine when, on the day you get married. I hope that those of you that have chosen to live the sacraments associated with mar- the commandments associated with marriage do experience a deeper kind of life and joy because you've chosen to live the sacraments. Just after Christmas, I got a call from a woman um, that I knew way back when, and she had shared with me one time the fact that one of her great pains in life was that she had been estranged from her sister. Uh, By this year, it would have been 30 years they haven't talked. 
She said, every time I come to receive communion, I think of what we just heard in the gospel. If you come to the altar to offer your gift and there recall that you have anything against a brother or sister, it says, leave your gift and go first to be reconciled, then come and offer your gift. She said, I feel like I've been compromising myself every time I come up to receive communion because I've not made an effort to reconcile with my sister. So as her Advent uh, commitment, she decided I'm going to try. Reconciliation's tough stuff, by the way, and it doesn't always work if both parties don't want it, but she felt it was her duty to follow the command of the Lord and give it a shot. And much to her great joy, she called me after Christmas to say that they have begun the process of reconciliation. And she said, both me and my sister are elated. Something life-giving happened because she followed the dictate of the Lord. Again, with reconciliations, it's no guarantee, but at least you can live with yourself knowing that you've done what the Lord asked, and sometimes something really wonderful happens. Many years ago when I was in the seminary, I had a spiritual director that used to tell me, if you can look in the mirror and respect the one whose face you see, you're probably on the right path. I think that makes sense. I think that we all have a sense of what respectable is, and don't we all want to see the person in the mirror that we can really respect? So if you follow the commands of the Lord and you look in the mirror, what are you going to see? You're going to see an honest person, a person of integrity, a person who's willing to sacrifice in love for those entrusted to their care. You're going to be see, a, see a person with character, and on and on and on and on, a person that you could truly embrace and respect. Wouldn't that be a great gift to look in the mirror and see the kind of person filled with life and joy because he or she has chosen to follow in the footsteps of the Lord and follow his commands. Trusted God that he would never ask us to do anything that would be harmful and trust his commandments and word, believing that as the Sirach says, it does lead to life. Do you have absolute trust in the Lord and is it evident in the way you're living your life, in the way you're keeping the commandments? Today, I think, is a good opportunity for us just to renew our trust in the Lord because other people aren't sometimes trustworthy. We should never expect that God is anything but trustworthy. Trust him. And if you trust him absolutely and know the love that he has for us and all that he asks of us, don't hesitate to trust him enough to follow in his footsteps, to follow his commandments, to live by his word. That would be a gift to yourselves to do that totally and absolutely. Sirach says what's before us is a choice, life or death. Today, let's choose life. Let us trust the God, the giver of life, and believe that he'll only lead us on the path to more life.